Hello again and welcome to Launchmat Insights. I'm your host, Randy Radke. I'm excited to welcome a guest today from our own Badger State, industry veteran and owner of Capital Quick Wash, Jason Dodge. Welcome, sir. Hey there. How are you today, sir? I am, I am great. I am great. Gotta be. So we normally like to start out the show by learning, uh, you know, a little bit from our folks, how they got into this business. Now, you were in finance in the car industry and pondering a, a, a change. You, you were going to head into entrepreneurship, something that uh, uh, I'm told is, is part of the DNA of your family, a lot of entrepreneurs. And a family friend had this laundromat, and that is the direction you headed. Why laundromat business? So it, it just kind of ended up, I guess I don't really know why in the beginning I was looking at laundromat specifically. So I was in a car business, like you said, for about 10 years, was let go, was trying to get a job in a bank, wasn't really having any success doing so, and just started looking at businesses. And my kids were a lot younger at the time. Um, we were just talking about they were in college now, and they were you know, literally doing t-ball and stuff at that point. So the car business consumed a lot of my time. I'm like, what can I do? You know, what business can I own where I can still kind of, where I can go to my kids' games and I can do stuff? And it was looking at different franchises and there's a lot of businesses out there where, you know, you're going to be there nine to five, you know, every day, you know, as you're trying to learn this business and get up there. And, um, and the laundromat business can be that as well, but depending on the size of your um, organization. But I just, in beginning, I thought that it was a very passive business like everybody else. And so I was looking at, you know, laundromats and just, I'm like, okay, what can I, what can I get into? If maybe if I own a couple smaller laundromats, I'll still have time, you know, to spend with my family and, and stuff like that. Um, so that's just kind of just that, I guess that thought is what got me to start looking um, in that direction and kind of found a couple places that were too small that weren't making money, didn't know anything about the industry and just passed on those. And then, you know, like you mentioned, that you know, my stepfather's friend had a place that he was selling. I thought it was actually sold at the time, but I ended up calling him and just saying, hey, can I meet with you? I just got a bunch of questions about this industry and um, we met, I think it was Thanksgiving morning, 2006 or seven, something like that. And he was there, the place was closed, he's cleaning up the machines and we just started talking. And it turns out he still had it. He thought he had a buyer, the guy backed out for whatever reason, maybe he couldn't get financing or something. And we just started talking. So then all of a sudden, a couple months later, I owned it. It was just really kind of weird because I didn't, uh, I wasn't working at the time. I didn't know I was gonna pay for this place, but <laughs> everything kind of came together and all of a sudden, I'm owning a laundromat and it, it was more than what I had wanted. I wanted just a small unattended store and I ended up getting a 4,500 square foot store with tanning uh, and uh, wash and fold and dry cleaning. Um, we, we didn't do dry cleaning in-house, but we were basically a pickup site or drop off site for dry cleaning. So, so that's kind of how I got into it in a nutshell there. So, I mean, you talk with, with folks that, that have been in the industry in a while and they, they have that benefit of looking backward, you know, at that start. You learn really quickly that this idea of passive income isn't really reality. Most people tell you that right out of the gate. I learned very quickly that it's not as passive as you, as you think it is. Yeah. What else did you learn in that first year that would help you moving forward? I mean, we're looking 14, you know, 15 years ago. What did you learn in that first year that, that's driving what you're doing today? So I had, well, 
the unfortunate thing, I guess, is when I first bought the business is some of my employees were thinking that I was going to let everybody go. And that wasn't the case because I really needed them because they knew more about the industry than I did just working there. But some people were some, I lost some employees right away. So I just took their hours and just started working there every day. And I think I, I learned the industry pretty fast, you know, within the first year or two, just from working there in the store 30 to 40 hours a week. And my wife was a college student at the time. She worked a couple mornings and yes, but I, you know, I learned the industry pretty fast just by being there and seeing how people use the machines and what kind of problems they're having. And, you know, when we're busy, when we're not busy and slowly just started cleaning up the place, improving lighting, painting, uh, making things better and looking for ways to improve the store and increase revenue. What, what other things would, would drive your next one moving forward? Like you, you learn something, you go, okay, I'm not going to do it that way this time. And then uh, it just continued to progress. Yeah. So I learned, and it took me longer than a year and I always learn things the hard way, but I learned over time that the equipment mix is really important. And obviously you have to layer that kind of with, with the demographics and the location of the facility and how big it is and who your customers are. So that first store, we had a lot of small machines and I knew that we had to add some bigger machines. We did add some over time. Um, some bigger machines, but when we looked at, you know, like the newest location, the store that we built, uh, we really went heavy on big machines. And just because I've seen over time people building laundromats and I see what their, what their store looks like after they build it. And I'm looking at their equipment mix. I'm like, wow, they got a lot of big machines. And then I see, you know, how many cars they have in the parking lot and kind of watching and talking, getting to know those owners and learning from them and their experience. I really realized that the equipment mix, having the right machines, the right amount of them is really important. And I'm still learning that today. Uh, and there's things, even with this newest store, you know, if I look forward and I'm like, okay, let's build another one, there's things that I'm going to change. You know, there's definitely, there's, it's, it's a continuous learning curve and thinking, you know, like, oh, I've been in this business almost 15 years now. I should know pretty much everything. I don't, I'm still learning every day. So, and, and there's definitely equipment mix and layout and changes that we would make going forward. So, um, so I'm still learning. So it's, it goes beyond the first year experience. It's, it's, you know, you're learning constantly in this industry. What is it about this industry that it's almost like popcorn? You can't have just one piece of popcorn. You, you want a whole handful and, and all you hear from so many owners that, that start out, I want to own one store and that's it. And then it's two and it's three and I'm building one from the ground up. Why does that happen? I don't know. And I, you know, I look at my growth in the industry, you know, over these years and I, and I think to myself, I'm like, man, I really should have a lot more than I have. But then when I look back, I'm like, you know, I, I struck out in a lot of places. I'm glad that I was around for my kids. So I'm glad that I just didn't, you know, engulf myself and work so much that I was ignoring my family life. But it is one of those things where you kind of, you get the hang of it, you like it, you think that things are going well, and you get to yourself, you kind of get to a point where you're, you can maybe scale yourself out of the business because you're hiring some people and you learn how to free up your time a little bit. And you're like, oh, I, I could own another one now, you know? So then you just, you know, it, it's, it's about, you know, constant growth and just kind of improving yourself and learning as you go. And it, it's one of those industries that you can scale. Um, and there's people that are really good at owning one or two locations or three or four, or 
I have friends with 10 and obviously there's guys out there with far more um, facilities than that. But um, it's a cool industry that way that you can you can have it be as small as you want it to be or you can have it to you know be as big as you want it to be. So I fit somewhere in the middle. So <laughs> I don't want to have I don't even want at one point I wanted to have 10 stores or more. And right now I'm like, you know, if I just had two or three really high performing stores, that's great because then I can I can work when I want to work and I can take time off when I want to take time off. And, um, and that's kind of, that's what those, those are the things that are important to me in this, at this stage of my life. So. Absolutely. So let's take a look at, at Capital Quick, Quick Wash. This is a ground up project, which made it a, a little bit new for you. How was mm -hmm. this different than the other stores that you've opened in the past? And, and what did you learn through this experience? Yeah. So, the other two locations were existing laundromats already. So you're, you're, you're kind of stuck with that footprint. I mean, you can obviously change it if you want to spend a ton of money on it. Um, those were both leased spaces and kind of talking to owners, um, you know, both on Facebook and in forums and local owners that I know it's just in, and in my personal experience, owning the real estate in my mind is, is the better way to go. If you can do that, it's easier to, to lease a space you can get going quicker. It's going to take less capital, you know, less cash out of your pocket to do that. But long term, where I wanted to go, um, and looking at, you know, my exit strategies down the road, I, I really wanted to own the building in a couple locations. So, so this one was different in that we bought the building. Uh, it was about a five thousand square foot uh, clinic, so I had a ton of rooms in it. But we just we just gutted the whole building on the entire interior. Uh, added a ton of windows. We were able to make the layout the way we wanted it with wide aisles. Um, it's one of the things you see with older stores. They, they would always put like the big machines in some stores are on the back of the store. Like, well, no, we want the big machines by the door. Uh, we want people to walk in and they're walking right into a 100-pound washer, an 80-pound washer. They used to build them kind of with, with narrower aisles. And I want wide aisles where people can you can have two, one person going one way and another person going the other way. And they're still navigating around somebody who's got a door open on a washer and they can get through and they're not really bumping into each other. So we wanted to have that wide open feel. And uh, being that we were 5,000 square feet, we probably could have fit in another 30 machines or so in there. But it was important to me to have room, to have ample folding tables, have sitting room, have areas where people can move around. You're not banging in the machines and carts and so that was one of the big things. We just wanted to have a nice open feel in our design. We've, when we talked, you know, about a month ago, we really explored the customer experience and talk a little bit about how that drove the things that you did with Capital Quick Wash. Obviously, the the wide aisles is, is a big one, right? It's it's reducing yeah. that equipment and, and placing more emphasis on the openness and, and giving people space to do what they need to do. But what else were you looking to do with this one that maybe you weren't able to do with a, with a lease space or something that was kind of already structurally set? Because we own the building, I guess I really didn't have a problem spending money on the building itself. So, and we had, you know, pretty much a blank slate there where we could do what we wanted. So there were certain bullet points going in talking to my contractor. I'm like, I want a polished concrete floor. I want that industrial looking floor. Plus it's a really hardy floor. It cleans so well. It's not slippery. It looks cool. There's this, you know, I love how it, it cracks and ages and you can see, you know, 
existing flaws in the floor, but it's super smooth and shiny, you know, so that's something we wanted. We wanted an exposed ceiling because it just kind of makes it feel bigger. Um, just having that openness. Um, we wanted, you know, stainless steel ductwork, you know, that big spiral ductwork coming through just to kind of accent the ceiling and give you something, give it a little more of a wow factor. So it, we have, you know, we have reclaimed wood, which actually was from a friend of mine who just built a bar and it wasn't in the original plan. And he's like, Hey, I got all this reclaimed wood ready or uh, left from when I built this bar. Do you want it for your laundromat? I'm like, great. So we found a spot for it. Um, and it just looks great. It really offsets that area. And we wanted to do something on that wall where the change machines are, where the reclaimed wood is, but we just didn't know at the time if it was going to be tile or reclaimed or what we were going to do there. Uh, but man, the reclaimed wood really makes it look good. And we have a couple exposed brick walls and obviously drywall. And then we have some areas that are tiled. So, um, and we wanted to make it look nice. We, we didn't want people, you know, I've had a couple of customers come in there like, are you putting a restaurant in here? And I'm like, no, we're a laundromat. And you're like, wow, they're like, this is, this looks great. You know, why do you have places for people to sit? You know, like, well, I want you to be comfortable. So, and we wanted to just elevate their experience in the store. So, um, you know, I've said this in, you know, a couple of articles that I've done recently is, you know, when you go to a nice restaurant and the place just looks cool and there's all these neat things on the wall and stuff like that, maybe, maybe it's an up north place, maybe it's a place with a surfing theme or whatever, you know, there's a lot of neat restaurants in the area here. Um, you just feel better about yourself when you're sitting there, you're looking around, you just feel like you're cool and hip. And I, I don't know, I, I was trying to bring that to the laundromat world a little bit. I wanted some place where when, when people walked in, they were like, wow. And then they also just kind of felt good about the place and they're just, you know, they want to take care of it and they, they feel better. And I've, I've had so much, you know, positive feedback from the neighborhood on, you know, that this place is needed. Wow. It looks so great. Um, so I'm really happy with it so far and the response that we've gotten. So. Yeah. You always like to get that, that positive feedback to reinforce. Yeah. I made good decisions with, with what I wanted to do here. Have there been components of it? Uh, that you, I guess, in feedback realm that you've gotten from people and you're like, really, that that kind of hit the mark? I w I'm surprised to hear you, you know, highlight that component. Has any of that feedback surprised you? A lot of people were, you know, they walk around and they're kind of like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. You know, and they're just kind of speaking about the overall presentation of the, you know, of the store. And it, I'm just like, thank you. You know, they're like, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen a laundromat like this before. And I'm like, well, you know, this is something I've been studying all these new laundromats that people are building, you know, around the country and even the world. Um, and just taking little bits and pieces of what I like if I see something and making a note of it. And we tried to hit, you know, check off some of those boxes when we built this place. And, and people just, they're loving it. So I guess there isn't really any one component other than you know, it seems like it's just multiple components. For one, they they love the way it looks, and then they bump into a machine with, uh, you know, with a touchscreen display, and then you know, we try to hit everybody that's new in the store, and we're like, hey, you know, change machines are over here. We take quarters, we take dollar coins. Let me show you how the screens work real quick. Oh, by the way, we got the Speed Queen app right here that you can download on your phone. And some people, you know, they just don't even pay any attention to that. And then some people are like wow, you got, they're like, wait, you got what? I'm like, yeah, you can start all the machines right from your phone. It'll text you when, it, when they're done. You can actually open the app and, you know, you can see how many machines are running, you know, from your house, you know, and they're like, really? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. So there's some people just love that. 
Some people are like, oh no, okay, you know, I'm like, great, we got quarters over here and dollar coins. You can run it that way, or you can go to our kiosk and you can start the machine just with a credit card if you want. So I think they're kind of blown away at well, I mean, the machines look pretty impressive. I mean, they got this massive stainless steel front, they got the touch screen there. So it just it really fits in with everything that we've done there. And you've been open since May, correct? Yeah, May 5th we opened. What are you seeing uh, from an app adoption standpoint? Has that been progressing in a, in a direction that you hoped it would be? Is it lower? Is it higher? How does that compare with, with your coin and cash folks? Yeah. So when we first opened, I concentrated more on just customers. So um, we did some promotions just to get people in the door. Um, we ran that those promotions for about a month. Um, and we did some, we basically just did half price wash, you know, which with the insights is super easy to program We can get on there. And we let everybody know that these are not the right, this is the half price wash special. So everybody knew, and we just wanted to let, you know, get people in there. Month two, we did some double your money promotions on the app. Cause at that point, you know, we wanted to make sure that everything was up and running and working properly. Um, just cause the technology is new with us. We want to make sure that we were ready and that it, you know, we were all trained on it and made sure we knew how to work it. Uh, so that we could teach our customers how to work it. So we did the double your money. We just did that for a couple of weeks and that increased, you know, our usage quite a bit. So um, right now we're at about 30% and we're, you know, like four months in, four and a half months in somewhere in there, which I think is pretty good. My goal, honestly, my goal with that was just to have another method of payment, have something that was really cool that people can use, but then also take some pressure off the change machines. Um, it's you know, it's a lot of quarters, a lot of dollar coins. It'd be nice just to not have to do that as much. So I'm like, man, if we could get 30, 40% of app usage, that would be great. Right now we're just doing, uh, like for every 20 you load, you get a $5 bonus uh, in rewards. And we have a couple signs that we're putting out in the store and we're still right around. I've had, I had one day where we're at 48%. That was my highest day uh, of app usage. But if you look at it kind of long-term, where you look at a, a month segment, we're right around 30%. Give or take, very good, very so, good number. Which I think is great, and I think that you know over time that that's going to increase, and we're adding things to the store that are now going to promote that app. Now that we're really feeling comfortable with it and everything, so we just I just literally this week found a video uh, that you guys did um, that I put up on our TV, and it's meant designed to play silent, so it's just up there. It's a minute forty five seconds, and it just plays on loop all day, and it shows people how to use how to download the app. You know the, the benefits of it, how to start a machine, um, and basically, you know, how to use it. So it's, I think that that alone, just having that run there, and then some additional signage will, in, over time, increase our usage. And we can always, at any time, I can just come out with a special and I can run something again. Definitely, that sounds good. You also are leveraging Speed Queen Insights. How has that changed the way you operate? I mean, I, we're always looking to upgrade, streamline, scalability, all the buzzwords are checked, right? How has yep. this system changed the way you operate? So to kind of go like to look at how I did things in the past. So I would empty coins on my 60 pound washers and then I would go weigh those coins and we would write down a weight and then we'd calculate revenue off of that. And then based on the period of time, we would have, you know, I'd have a spreadsheet that I would take those numbers and I would put them you know, into the spreadsheet to see what my turns were. The problem is, is because it is labor intensive doing all those steps that after time, you kind of stop putting it into the spreadsheet. Like you're, you're tracking your revenue, obviously, but you're not calculating your turns or, or maybe you're not looking at what are my turns on my 60s versus my turns on my, 
my 20 pounders or, you know, you're looking at things like that. So if there is any kind of industry shift or something that's going on in your neighborhood or somebody's not using something, you, you don't really see it right away because you're weighing those quarters and you're writing that down on a sheet and then you're going home and putting that in the computer and, you know, into the spreadsheet and calculating everything. It's just, it's kind of time consuming. Um, and honestly, after a while, you just stop doing it. So now it's just, it, the thing I love now is I can, on my app or on my computer, I can go to, you know, pop it up on the computer and I can see exactly what my turns are. I can see exactly what my revenue is per machine in any time increment that I choose. So it's easier from, you know, a book work or office work perspective, because when I'm entering my sales, I can literally just block, you know, okay, that's for this week. I sit down, I can go right off of the computer, um, you know, and balance that with, you know, uh, cash that we took in and whatnot. But, but I can also see what machines people are using, you know, during any period of time. So if I want to look at a week or two weeks or a month, or I just want to look at weekends or just that day, I can see what, what my turns are, what my revenue is, you know, type by machine and, and looking at this and just being open a few months, I'm already looking at like my, if I, you know, hoping to do another location, I'm going, man, I, I don't think I'm going to put that machine right there because it's, it's not getting used as much as the other ones. And it's kind of weird. It's so right now my 60 pound washers aren't getting used as much as my eighties and hundreds and even my forties. And, and I don't know if it's where I put them or if it's, the pricing, it's about the price the same as everything else, you know, as far as, you know, cents or dollars per pound or whatever. But it's just interesting. So if people are gravitating towards the bigger machines and then when they want something a little smaller, they go to the 40s right away and people are using the 60s, but they're just not using them as much as the 80s and 100s. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe I need in my next store, you know, either I won't put 60s in or maybe I'll just put a few less 60s in and I'll put more 80s and 100s in. So they're just... And those are trends that you can spot instantly. So let me ask you this question. It's a system that can hopefully streamline your management and ideally re requiring you less time, right? I can do the same thing in less time and have a good grasp of how my business is operating. But there's also kind of that, that Google Analytics example, right? So if you ever dug into Google Analytics, you can get that snapshot dashboard of how your website's doing, but you can dig so deep into Google Analytics and get lost and spend hours in there getting down to you know granular data points. So yeah. how has Speed Queen Insights been for you? Are, do you find that overall it's just streamlined management or do you find that you're spending more time managing because you have more data to look at? I spent more time, I don't know if I, I don't think I spend more time looking at my data, but I, so like right now, just a typical day for me, right around noon, I'll open my app and I'll see what our sales are. Uh, sometimes I might, you know, I'm just usually just looking at the day, but then sometimes I want to go back and look at, okay, what did we do last Tuesday, you know, versus this Tuesday. So I kind of, you know, cause you want to kind of see, you know, it's a new store. So we're hoping that, you know, every week, every day, every week we're doing a little better. Uh, but then at, so I'll, I'll look at noon and then at around dinner time, I pop the app open. I look again. And then when the store is closing, I pop it open and look again. And I can do that right from my phone, which is great. And it's just that instant kind of satisfaction of going, oh, wow, we had a really good day today. Wow. It's the best day we've ever had. You know, so that's really neat. I mean, you could never do that. Like you would literally have to go to the store, pull the coins, weigh them by machine type, and then put them in a sheet. I mean, it would take it a couple hours, you know, to do that. And I literally just opened my phone. And looked at it in five seconds. So, 
That's a big difference. <laughs> That's a big difference, really. I mean, because if you want to see your data every day at a coin store and you don't have insights, you're going to be driving down there every day and taking a quarter out. That's pretty neat. And I should say one other thing, this is regarding management and insights itself. So in the past, if there was a customer issue with a machine, our attendants would do a payout out of a cash register. Now, there were some machines that we could start at the machine and we had a sequence. We would turn a key and we'd have a sequence we'd push on the keypad and the machine would start. But then a lot of our machines, we would have to use coins to start them to help that customer out. Um, let's say they maybe we just need to rewash something because they over-soaped it or the machine broke or they had something stuck in the door or whatever the reason is. Didn't spin out properly. Well, there's always, unfortunately, with when you have employees over the years, there are some people that you're going to hire that just aren't honest. And they do find ways, if somebody is going to find a way to skim the cash register, they're going to, you know, if it's just somebody that you hired by accident. So, and unfortunately, those things do come up. So with insights, there's, we don't, you know, we, we're attended, we don't have a cash register and we're, or eventually we're probably just going to accept credit cards and sell some bags and stuff like that. But I want to keep away from the cash there because it just, it always led to problems, at least for me, it did. So, but we have a tablet at the store. And each employee logs in and they have a unique log then log in for them so we can track what that employee is doing, you know, how many free washes or how many starts or whatever they're doing for that day or their shift. We can track that if it starts to get out of hand. And we can also limit how much how many starts they get. But they literally just grab the tablet. Oh great, Mr. Customer, let me help you out. Yeah, we need to respin that. Let's throw that in this other machine over here. And on the tablet, they start the machine. And they can advance it right to a, you know, to a rinse and spin or right to a spin. And in 11 to six minutes later, we got this, you know, person, you know, on their way and ready for the dryer, you know, depending if it was a rinse and spin or just a spin. So, and you can't, you know, you do risk, of course, them giving away a a wash or something, but that's far better than them pocketing $6 or $7 out of a cash register. So, so from a management standpoint, that's huge. I don't have to worry about people stealing. (laughs) So... Always a good thing. Right. What does the future look like for you, Jason? Uh, this one was a, a, you know, really a blank slate for you. And, but as we've, as we've discussed, you're, you're one of those folks that is never content. You can always do it better. What, what's next? So I'm, you know, we just opened obviously, and we're working through to perfect, you know, what we have here with the store. And, and I've been doing it a long time. So I think we got a pretty good system down and everything like that. We are, I'm already looking at, um, and I don't know how many, I, most likely just be a couple, two, three stores, something like that. In, in the end is what I'd probably be happy with, but I wouldn't mind building another one. And I have my uh, commercial real estate agent looking for another building. And I'm in the process of liquidating some of my rental properties just to raise some more capital to, uh, to build another store. So that's my idea right now. So we'll see, we'll see what happens if we can find another spot where there's a need you know, someplace, obviously we want good demographics, but we also want a spot that needs a laundromat. We're not, we're not one of those that's going to build on top of somebody else. We want to be in an area, you know, unless of course it's a zombie mat or something like that, you know, um, and the area just has a need. That's, that's what we're looking for. So I'm, I'm hoping we can find something within the next year or so um, and acquire another building and build another one. So we'll see. We'll take it one at a time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next. Well, Jason, thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, if folks want to learn more about the Capital Quick Wash, where can they go? So the capitalquickwash.com is our website. And capital, it's not the state capital, it's the street capital. So it's C-A-P-I-T-O-L and then Quick Wash spelled the usual way. 
Um, people can email me too if they have questions, jason at capitalquickwash.com. Yeah, so a simple Google, you'll find us pretty fast. We're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So fantastic. Well, thanks again for joining us. And thank you to our listeners uh, for joining us for this episode of Laundromat Insights. And we'll see you again next time.